Well, morning, uh, morning, church. My name's Steve. For those uh, those that don't know me, uh, one of the leaders here. And this morning, we are finishing up our series in the Book of Romans. Uh, so, if you have a Bible with you or an app or whatever, head to Romans and chapter sixteen. Right, um, chapter sixteen. Paul writing to uh, to this church in Rome. Uh, he's never been there, never never visited this church, but writing from Corinth. And uh, we're going to do the whole chapter in our time uh, this morning. Verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sancria. I ask you to receive receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. So Phoebe, she was a she was a deacon. She'd been supporting Paul, supporting churches. So um, possibly a, a businesswoman, you know, moved to Rome and had had sought to sow her life into the church there, finance the church, be, be part of a, a number of people financing the church there, financing Paul's mission. So right from the outset here, we see uh, a, a woman just. Planted in the in the in the church here in Rome, sowing her life into it, and uh, yeah, as Paul says, a benefactor, supporting financially the church and the mission. It continues. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. So, I mean, these are folk who are, are risking their lives for the gospel, for the church. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who works very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who've been in prison with me. So again, these are folk risking their lives, getting for the gospel, put in prison for the gospel, um, on mission together uh, with Paul. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Statius. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, great name, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nersus, and his sister Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss, and we'll pause there uh, while I catch my, my breath from those long names. Um, so what is, what is going on here? We see a church of, of, of men and women together, sowing their lives into the gospel, into the church, into the mission. And you might read this and think, well, well what's, the, what's the point? You know, all these greetings, is it, you know, couldn't Paul just have wrote it in a separate letter? Didn't really need to be included in, in scripture. It's just him kind of saying, saying hi to some folk. But, but what this gives us is a, a window, a picture into this early church in Rome. And what we see, as I said, is, is, is men and women serving together, partnering together for the gospel, sowing their lives, sowing, risking their lives, their money, their finances, into the work that the Lord is doing, investing and serving the Lord together in mission. You know, you didn't get, uh, it speaks about junior, you didn't just get put in prison for, uh, you know, for doing nothing. 
That would have been sharing her faith, sharing the gospel that she got put in prison for. So these folk were risking their lives. Some of them had been with Paul before and, uh, you know, possibly moved for, for business or whatever, but sought to, to get involved in the, in the local church, so to, uh, to be a part, to serve, to invest in the church. And uh, what we see really is it's like, it's like a family. It's fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters together serving the Lord in this church in Rome. It's, it's wonderful. Fathers and mothers. And it's that, that sense of, of what's going on there is, is that we need one another, don't we? We need one another. Men and women, we need one another. Steph Liston, who was here a, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, part of the, te- the apostolic team in relational mission, the family of churches to which we're a part of. Uh, written a book recently, Gender Quality, really accessible, excellent, readable book. I want to encourage you to get that. Just unpacking the whole complementarian uh, idea that, that it's men and women created different but equal, different roles, different responsibilities, but equal and needing one another, partnering together, needing one another. And we see a picture of that, a window into this early church in this chapter here. And we, the church together, need one another. Back in the uh, beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis 2, it says, you know, God said it's not good for man to be alone. We need one another. Yeah, we need one another. Equal but different. We need one another. Natalie and I, in our marriage, we need one another, right? I can't do it alone. Kudos to, to single parents who, who have to do it alone. It's, a, it's incredible, incredible. And it's wonderful that church family can get, it, can, can, can get involved and, 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 and support and be together. But, but incredible. But in a, in a marriage, we need one another. Yeah, fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, we need one another. There's a partnership. There's a needing of one another together on mission. And uh, City West here, we've been coming up to Easter next year. We'll be 10 years. Can you believe it? 10 years and we're, we're still going. And um, God's led us a lot and changed a lot. And, um, but one of the things that can happen when you, when you start a church, when you plant a church, is that as, uh, as elders, as leaders, you can sort of end up doing doing it all yourself. Not, not to say that the, the, the church haven't served fantastically right from the beginning and continue to, and you folk do, but nonetheless, you can end up sort of doing everything, um, everything yourself, which isn't a bad thing because, you know, we believe in servant leadership, right? So Jesus came to serve, and we're not trying to create some sort of hierarchy here where the leaders don't get their hands dirty or, or anything like that at all, but um, you can end up doing everything yourself. And when that's really what we're, what we're called to is to see folk released. Because as we mature, we want to see men and women released into their gifting to serve the church like we see here in Rome. Yeah? And so we want to see that among us as we, uh, as we grow, as we mature. We want to see folk released and grow in their gifting. Because I believe there are people in this room, people in, in the church at City West here, men and women, who will go on to maybe to be part of church plants, to plant churches, to be parts of, uh, uh, of mission works of significance. And, and we want to play our part in that while you're here. You know, last week we, we baptised Tom. Wasn't it great just baptising Tom? And he's been with us for, um, oh, I must have been with us for a year or so now. Um, and he, we baptise him, and that was also his last Sunday. He's gone, moving to Cambridge. Um, and as I said last week, you can, you can look at situations like that and think, well, why, why bother baptising him? He's gone. You know, he's, he's, he's left us. You know, all that effort, we baptised him. But, but we got to play a part in his story that will continue. 
yeah, that will continue. He's, he's, he's no longer going to be, be with us, moving to Cambridge, but we got to play a part, a significant part in his story, and we'll try and stay in touch, sure, but we got to play a part in that. And the same is true when, if we believe there are folk among us who will go off and, and be part of church plants or serve other churches or across to the nations or mission works or whatever, we might think, why, why bother investing because they're going to go? Why bother investing if we don't get to reap the fruit? But we do get to reap the fruit. We get to play a part in those stories. And so you might think, oh, you know, I'm here for a while, I'm planning to leave, actually we feel God calling us to so-and-so or calling me to there, but actually I want to say invest in the church now. Invest in the church now, play a part now, find your place now, grow in, discover your gifting now, grow in your gifting now, and, and, that's, and that's great because you'll get to grow in your gifting now that will bless you as you go to whatever you go in the future. Yeah, we get blessed in the process, as do you. And uh, it's our responsibility as, as pastors, as leaders, to, to equip you and to train you. Paul says in Ephesians 4, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So as leaders, we're to equip the church for the works of ministry. It might not be going off planting or leading or preaching, but we're to equip you for works of service. Equip and release you for works of service. So how, how are we doing that. Well, in verse 1, let's find verse 1, it said, Phoebe, a deacon here. So the other week, if you were here, we, um, we appointed Liz. Oh, she's out doing spark now. We appointed Liz as a deacon, which is great. Liz is just a faithful servant of the church for, for, for many, many years. And uh, great, we want to see more of that, though. We'll probably appoint I don't know who and when, but we might well appoint other deacons in the future as well. We just want to start and get going. Let's appoint, let's release, let's see growing a gifting. So we want to see more of that. As I said, we want to see more men and women serving together and be intentional about that. So um, some of the ways we'll be doing that over the summer and uh, again, exploring into the autumn is really seeing men and women hosting together, preaching together, just exploring what this future partner, fruitful partnerships looks like together. We need one another, we want to learn from one another. Us as elders, men will continue doing the, the bulk of the preaching, but we want, to see, we want to see men and women grow in their gifting together. And so we'll see that over the summer specifically and into the autumn. We won't get everything right. We will make some mistakes, but I trust they won't be fatal. Okay? We'll explore. I trust there is more to be gained than there is lost. So... Uh, it'll be a little bit of a journey for us, but this is the sort of church we want to see, like we see in Romans 16, where we see just a wonderful, fruitful partnership serving together. You know, Paul didn't, didn't mention them just by convenience, you know, I'll just include their names at the bottom of this letter, you know, it was deliberate. He wanted to see what this, this early church looks like um, in Rome. Um, Let's move on. The next point. A church, it works together in, in unity, doesn't it? It works together when the church is in unity. We've seen Renewal was here the other uh, week ago, Saturday, uh, our women's event, and um, a slightly smaller setting, but it's been wonderful just to see women step up, released in their gifting, equipped, and, and it spills out into all of church life. You know, in, in, in life groups and in all of church life, we see other, other effects of the good stuff that's going on when the women here have got together uh, and uh, been discovered their gifting, grown in their gifting. With the rest of the church has been blessed through it. Um, for, so we want to see more of that. For 
for men, for qualified men, we want to see more elders. And so we've been meeting with Jamie for a number of oh, years now. It's been a long time. Um, and at some point, we will look to make Jamie an elder. Now, just on that, if you're thinking, how does that process work? Am I suddenly going to rock up one Sunday and, you know, oh, Jamie's an elder this week? That's not how it's going to work. How it'll work is at some point, we'll gather the whole church together across sites, and we'll say, hey, we're thinking about making Jamie an elder. Let us know what you think. And then we'll, we'll take some time to hear and chat and uh, hear all the bad, you know, all the wonderful things about Jamie. And, uh, and then, then at that some point, we'll lay hands on him and make him an elder, all being well. Um, so there is a process that we, that we go through. Um, so we'll be looking to do, to do that. But also, if we really believe that among us there are uh, folk who will go and be part of of church plants, and, and we get to play a part in that. And it doesn't just mean, mean deacons and, and leaders and preachers and hosts and all that, but it means more elders. And so we're meeting with a group of younger guys, um, Callum, Johnny, Sim, Ed, Joe, just to really explore what eldership is and talk about that and discuss it and, uh, and so on. It's not like a, a conveyor belt where we're going to spit out half a dozen elders at the end of it. Many of them probably will never become elders here. Um, they may go on to be elders elsewhere. They may decide, actually, it's not for me. You know, God's not got that call on my life. Um, but it's really just the process of exploring it together. So that's why we're... There may be others come in and join that group, or others decide, actually, no, I'm out. Um, but we want to be intentional about raising up more elders. Because again, even though they may never be elders here, we get to play a part in their story and be faithful servants to seeing the saints equipped... And I say, be part of their story beyond what happens here. Um, so we want to see men and women dis- discover, trained, equipped in their gifting. Not all will teach. It's not all about the upfront stuff. Um, in fact, some of the, the biggest blessings to me and, the, have been, and kind of pillars in the church have been like those gifted in encouragement. Just to come and say, oh, encourage those among us just to encourage and support have been some of the, the biggest blessings. So it's not all about upfront stuff. But it's also about just discovering your gifting, where you are, and finding your place in the church. You might be sitting there just thinking, I, just, I, don't, have a, I don't have a place, I'm not gifted like this, I'm not, um, I'm not confident enough. I want to ensure, just assure you that, that everyone has a place, everyone has something to bring. I remember, uh, so you may think, you may, be, you may not think, uh, you may think I'm an extrovert and I... I find it easy being up here speaking. I don't at all. I'm an introvert. If I've not spoken to you, it's not because I'm unfriendly or I don't like you. I'm just an introvert. It takes a little while for me to, to do that. And um, I remember somebody said to me years ago, would I be up for leading a life group? And I thought, I thought that seems like a big deal. Um, I've not always hated speaking in public, but I thought, okay, I, can, I think in a home group with only a handful of people, I can just about speak in front of people. And um, so we, 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 you know, started this life group and uh, terribly nervous in the, in the, in the you know, run-up to it. And uh, I remember, you know, we opened the Bible and we sort of studied it together. And really quickly, I just had to go and make my excuses to, you know, go to the bathroom and, go, <laughs> and, and just a, a bag of nerves. But my point is that where God calls and he equips and even though you might, we might discount ourselves, sometimes the Lord has got bigger plans for us, right? And so you may just be thinking, oh, the idea of, 
of any of any any sort of thing like this is just terrifying. But I mean, there's, there's story after story in the Bible, right, of people who just got called and just thought, oh no, not me, not me, somebody else. But God chooses to to use them and discover your gifting and grow in it. And so I want to encourage you not to discount yourself. Let's continue in this passage. Verse 17. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth and talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. It's that, again, that importance of unity. It's just not a value in in wider culture, is it? Unity. But we're to be united as a church, to be united in our love for one another and our love for Christ. And sometimes that comes at the expense of of personal preference or, um, or doing things quickly. Because we're different. We think and process stuff differently. It means taking time to listen to one another, to understand one another. It requires patience and grace and forgiveness, but unity is real important. Verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Now you might think that, that last bit, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you, is Paul just sort of signing off, you know, kind of bye or, you know, peace out, I'm off. Um, but it's, it's not. It's let the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Know his grace. Do you know his grace this morning? Have you discovered his grace this morning? Whatever, whatever crisis that you're facing right now, whatever personal situation and circumstance you're fighting right now, however big and daunting and overwhelming it seems, it... it pales into insignificance compared to the problem of the human heart, the problem of sin in my life and your life. Yeah, That, that crisis you're going through, whatever it is that is just absorbing you at the moment, compared to the, the cosmic deal of, of, of sin in your heart and, and an eternity separated from the Lord, it compares into completely incomplete insignificance. And yet, by his cross... By his grace, we are made clean, we are forgiven, we are free, we are accepted and adopted for those who put our trust in Jesus. You and I, we're free recipients of grace. So often we, and Tim touched on it when he shared this morning, so often what we focus on is the crisis in front of us, is the, the problem in front of us in our own life. So often that's what becomes just our, our, what we can't, all that we can see. You know, just, just whatever's going on in our, in our lives. Rather, instead of looking at what he has done and be, have the focus of our hearts, the direction of our hearts on what he has done for us. Yeah? That we don't deserve it, but we can't earn it, but let's have the focus of our hearts on his grace, as Tim was saying, on a, the focus on, on that, not on the problems, not on the, the crisis, not on the, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, I don't know how I'm going to work that out, but the, the focus of our hearts on him. That's how this, the, these 
these folk in this chapter 16 were able to be sold out for Jesus because their, their focus wasn't the crisis in front of them or the problem in front of them. Their focus of their hearts was on, the, was on the cross, was on the gospel, was, oh Lord, how could you save me? How could you rescue me? How could you be as patient with me despite all the sin and, and the way I continually get stuff wrong? And yet you love me, you've forgiven me, you've adopted me. So of course I'm all in. I'm all in. My, I'm going to take risks. I'm going to risk my life for the gospel. I'm going to get chucked in prison for the gospel. I'm going to give my money away for the gospel. Because they discovered something. They discovered something about the wonder and the glory of the, of the grace of Jesus Christ. And that was the focus of their hearts. And see, for so often for you and I, I think the focus of our hearts isn't that. The focus of our hearts is the, the problem right in front of us, which is, is, is real and painful. I get that. But it Far better to have a bigger focus of our hearts on the grace of the Lord than on the, on the detail right in front of us, yeah. The detail of today, tomorrow there'll be something else, very possibly. Far better to have our hearts focused on his grace and be sold out for him. Verse 21. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you as the Lucius, Jason, and Sosipa, and my fellow Jews, I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quarter, send you their greetings. Earlier on, I mentioned about men and women serving the church together, but, but here, is it, you know, this guy's a director of public works, so it's clearly a man of significance. He's got a, got a good job. So there's professionals here as well. You know, there's... The, uh, there's, there's folks who are clearly very wealthy. A few verses back in verse 23, it mentions Urbanus and Hermes. They're very common slave names. And, and this is important because this, this radiant church of Christ is built up of one new man and woman, slave, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile, in Christ. One new man, woman, all of those things together in Christ. And in our context, that might mean Rich, poor, racial diversity, different languages perhaps in the future. Men, women together on a mission serving Christ. United by one thing, our love for Christ and our love for one another. And as I said before, we really need one another. Verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Christ Jesus in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God. Here we go. So that all nations might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Christ Jesus. Amen. We're called to all nations, to the ends of the earth. We're called to make disciples. That's our... That's our vision, to make disciples of Jesus, the Great Commission. Go, make disciples. That's why we're here, to make disciples, to worship and to glorify God and to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus into this broken and fallen world. This broken and fallen world who are, who are chasing after something else, who don't see the need for a saviour, whose, whose priorities and thinking are just completely inverted compared to the gospel. And that can seem, that can seem daunting, can't it? Thinking, how can, how can we play a part in that? In a world that has just rejected Jesus, in a world that turns its back on, on the gospel, how can we do that? Well, the answer is in the, in the passage here. It's that we need one another. 
and we need him. Verse 25, to him who is able. To him who is able. That's how we reach the nations. That's how the gospel goes to the nations. He uses, he uses his, his glorious kingdom made up of, of men and women, different backgrounds, all those things. He uses uh, you and me to accomplish, accomplish it. Not because he, he needs us, but because he chooses us. Because he chooses to capture us up in his purposes, to use us for his purposes. He calls you and me to invest all that we have in the advancement of his kingdom. Not because he, he, he needs us, because he chooses us. Yeah. Let's pray. Johnny, can you come back up? Shall we stand? pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just Johnny's going to begin to play and uh, just going to invite the Holy Spirit now, just as we respond. We want to sit under the scriptures and just allow the scriptures to, to speak to our hearts. And I'm aware there'll be many of us just with different, different things the Lord might just want to touch on this morning. And we're just going to allow him some time in this uh, in this song as we we do so just for him to speak to us yeah. it may be just finding your place the lord just wants you to to find your place you may just you may be someone who's just been 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 kind of coming and a kind of consumer christian he just wants to say i want you to find your place i want you to discover who you are in me it may just be turning it on its head you know you may just feel like you've it's the focus of your heart is just on on work and or career and and like some of the men and women we read in this passage they they had all those things you know there were families there there were there were, were professionals workers career people going on but they were also sowing into the church sowing into the the gospel kingdom Maybe it's that he wants us to put his finger on this morning to say, yeah, you, it's good to have work's important, family's important, those things are important. But where's the focus of your heart? Is it, is it on him? Maybe there's just a crisis that you're just completely daunted and consumed by. I'd say he wants you just to so lay it down and just look up, as Tim was saying, look up to him. Be reminded of his gospel, his love, his grace for you. Maybe it's finances. As I say, we see, we see people here just just working but sowing their finances into the kingdom maybe it's that he wants to put his finger on this morning I'll pray and we'll just respond and let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for your your scripture Lord we thank you we find such depth in the most unlikely of places 
the most unlikely of passages, we find wonderful depth and insight. We thank you for your your grace, Lord Jesus, that you rescued us, that you saved us, Lord. That, that you're uniting us together, Lord, one new man, woman together in Christ. Spirit, come touch our hearts where we've got skewed priorities or uh, or just wrong thinking of discounting ourselves. I've got I've not got a part to play. I've I've got nothing to give. Come speak into our hearts. We pray. Thank you, Lord.